This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey, kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, you're in luck. We like professional wrestling, too. I always mess up that intro for some reason. And I'm, I'm Jeff Hawkins. This is Shake Them Ropes. Along with me, as always, Chris Novembrino. A little bit early on Friday again. This is a good thing, I think. How's it going, kid? They, they call me the Nove Dog, Hawkins. Uh, I'm, I'm all right. I'm uh, I'm <laughs> Nove Dog. Keep, I'm rocking in the free world, Hawkins. Or they at least call I'm me the Breeze. To. I'm just heading down the road. Something like that. Okay. Something like that. With that. Uh, on top uh, of the story, or on top of uh, the show, a little news about me, kids, that uh, next week we're, there may not be a Shake Them Ropes. There may be. It's just going to depend how I feel over the weekend and on Friday. Uh, I have a tumor in my bladder, and uh, they diagnosed that a few weeks ago kind of heard it alluded to here on the show that i've been going through some medical stuff of late uh i go in for surgery on the 7th Uh, i should be out on the same day and recovering (laughs) if i'm not in too much pain we'll record friday again because i have the day off but uh you know well wishes and thoughts are welcome uh pity isn't but uh yeah uh, i've also been told that this is mostly uh something that smokers get and i've never smoked so if you're smoking, stop now because you don't want to go through some of this stuff, especially if you're a male. Um, but yeah, just uh, and and I've already alluded to it on Fightful and also on a fight game. But I appreciate everybody's uh, DMs about this. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll handle it from there. It happens to be our last show today. <laughs> so be it. Chris, Chris, and I either choose to move on or not. I don't think I don't think he wants Chris. All this someday could be yours, young Simba. <laughs> <laughs> the circle. Uh, what what an what an exciting prospect that <laughs> indeed is. Uh, you and Rob I, no, I, I, on, on, on a serious note here. One, <laughs> yes, I, I, you know, I, I of course wish you well. But two, look, if the people want me to do. <laughs> Uh, uh, raw recap and stuff. Like, look, if there if there's an appetite for it, I will keep this show going. Um, I definitely know that there's a crossover between this show and my politics show. Don't worry about the government. Available at Patreon.com/slash/dwatg. Gotta get that Here's my health news to get a plug in for your Patreon. Hawkins, I, am, I love you. I so no, how, how dare I? I, I'm I, I love you, Hawkins. I so Jeffrey, I love you. you. I have never been more proud of you than I am right now. As a matter of fact, if you had plugged the Shake the Ropes Patreon, I would have made you an heir in my will. Patreon.com <laughs> slash STR. Gotta go there. No, it's patreon.com slash shake them ropes. All one word. Oh, okay. All one word. <laughs> all one word. Don't put the spaces in, people. Don't put the spaces in. Especially and, and leave the colons out as well. You know what would be great is if I don't can't do a show next week, you do a one hour. High wattage. <laughs> oh yes, the people are definitely owed a high wattage. Um, we- I'm I'm getting back. No, uh, over on. Don't worry, I'm getting back into monologue shows or whatever. So I, I will. I'll fire up. I'll fire up a high wattage here this weekend. I've got some time. Or or or, or yeah, if you don't want to put it on the page, I'll be like, no, no. Free. I I think I I for for a long time, right? Like Lanza has been stifling the <laughs> appearance of high wattage on the main feed he's like this show's too real for the main feed of voices of wrestling it's it's too damaging to the brand um i i've, n- I've never agreed with any of that uh i've always just thought that that's n- the narrow-minded thinking of narrow-minded people maybe next week we finally break the cycle you want to do a solo. isn't enough enough isn't it time for a change yes owen <laughs> If you want to do a solo show next week, just let me know. I'll 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 bail out on you. Uh, I'm fine with that. No, if you're if you're up to it, like <laughs> like dude, like no, it's like your show. If you're up to it, we should. But I'm just saying, if you're not up to it, and the people really want me to do a solo show, I, I who am I to deny your wishes here? 
plugged your Patreon and wishing me well. I I, I love like, you, Jeffrey. Ca- How dare is, you? How dare you? Capitalism at its best, and also I know you should be proud of me. I I, I, I feel am. like you are actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, trust me. Next week there's a commercial read, so you can do all of it yourself for all I care. Uh, <laughs> top story of all things, because there's not a lot this week uh, other than talking about actual wrestling that happened but logan paul is officially signed with the wwe chris it looks like and don't quote me on this but it looks like SummerSlam is just gonna be the joe bob briggs school of uh sequels when in doubt do the same movie over again this looks like it's gonna be wrestlemania again for <laughs> for SummerSlam expected to be in in some sort of feud with the Miz, of course um but overall this is actually a smart move i think logan paul as as both of us thought over delivered at mania um if if he could bring his followers what does he have like 12 million followers on social media if he could bring like a fourth of them he quadruples the audience of raw almost so so i you know this is a savvy business move I think that WWE has found a formula that works for them, at least in the short to medium term of bringing in B tier celebrities and having spectacle shows. And it's not like they don't have a history of this dating back to the 80s <laughs> right 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 like it's not like an unfounded completely unprecedented sort of approach for wwe that being said uh i think that this continues to come at expense of building up future stars and people that you can kind of build the company around and i was thinking a lot about that this week when the like John Cena Raw was on, and I, I was thinking about how impossible it is now for them to have a vehicle that produces another John Cena, even. No, I, I agree with you heavily in theory, and this is something I've been uh, not Austin theory, uh, I, I've been yelling and railing about for decades is that they always do the special attraction at the expense of their roster, and then they look around. And then the only thing that they have to put on there are people against other special attractions. Like it's very interesting that Pat McAfee, it looks like he's going to be getting a match at SummerSlam against uh, uh, Corbin. That's, that's an interesting mix of styles right there. I mean, (laughs) it's one of those things where, look, I, I like Pat McAfee a lot. You put him in there with theory who not exactly a ring general just yet, but getting better. But I mean, his first match was with Adam Cole, who, you know, who's, who's, is a ring general. And now you're putting him in there with Corbin, who is, look, he, he's a veteran. You can't deny that. He's better than I think a lot of people give him credit for as well. There's also a specific size difference between Theory and Cole and Baron Corbin, vis-a-vis what Pat McAfee's used to. But it is interesting, and, you know, at this point, I think some. I think there's a small percentage of the fandom who want to see Pat McAfee get the belt. I think off of Roman because nobody else is that big of a star, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I mean, I think like the problem with the Corbin match is that I don't know that we've really seen corbin ever do anything remarkable outside of his standard wwe five moves and mcafee like he needs a guy like an adam cole who is pretty good at all the middle of the match sort of stuff to help kind of pull mcafee's big spots together mm-hmm. otherwise it's going to be corbin goes for his spots mcafee goes for his spots and maybe that's the type of match they want um i i've just i've come around to this idea that like this sort of works for their ratings ratings seem to be somewhat decent right now for them and and i think that there seems to be some you know, McAfee's a draw like like and he's a good wrestler I just I don't really understand this Corbin pairing too well to be completely honest don't worry kids we'll get to that big AEW signing slash debut from Forbidden Door when we get to the lazy river but yes Claudio Castagnoli is with AEW 
More on that later. Also signing with WWE, Valerie Lareda from Bellator. Um, <laughs> MMA fighter, uh, model, exactly what you'd think. <laughs> My only thought was she posted a video after that. I'm just like, Chris, here, here's where old man Hawkins comes out. When did uh, dressing for airplanes become dressing for the club? Exactly. Because I think, well, okay. So here's my thought on this, right? Like it costs so much to fly these days now that people, <laughs> no, people view it as a special occasion. Oh yeah. But and, I mean, when and, I viewed it as a special occasion, it was like, you'd wear, you know, shirt and tie. When I flew, I, I would do that when I was younger because I always viewed it as a special, because I was raised that way. Uh, this is a, uh, some of the stuff she was posting herself in the airport and i was just like wow that is uh that's going for mile high club possibly at times well, people have different special occasions well, yeah well no that's true i mean it's it, it, it's odd because it's like i always like really have people taking their shoes off on the plane cannot stand that do not stand that unless like unless i see fresh clean socks underneath I, I don't approve of it. Uh, you know, people look like they're just rolling out of bed on the plane. Yeah, so that's old man Hawkins talking. Uh, Valerie Lareda. Wait, wait, wait. So wait, wait, what do you think the appropriate level of dress is for the airplane, you know Hawkins? What? I'm not no, sure. no, I, I want to get these thoughts. These are important. Uh, for men or women? Um, let's go with men. I want like what what is like 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 I you know maybe I might be taking a flight here in September perhaps. What what should I wear? I don't know. You know, that's the problem is I don't know because I, I'm, you know, I'm a long pants shirt that fits, doesn't have any graphics on or like, like, uh, <laughs> uh no, no, no graphics. Graphics well, that, are, no, no, are they, they, they disrespect the decorum of the airplane. Hold on. Not necessarily graphics. I meant, uh, you know, the kind of shirt that you might pick up at a truck stop or at Myrtle Beach, I don't think are appropriate <laughs> type of things that might offend a child which I've seen at times. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. But then again, my worst flying experience was actually in Kansas city where it's like, <laughs> you know, when you're, you're rooting for that middle seat, not to be filled and, and you, and you get that. And then, then I had the person who was sitting in the seat on the aisle move to the middle seat. So she could have two seats to herself. And I was by the window. I was like, I was, I was aghast. I had never heard of such a thing before. But there she did. She sat there the entire time, watched her movie. I was like, really? You gave yourself two seats and you wouldn't give me any room. Okay, thanks a lot, lady. <laughs> well, I, just, I, just, I still don't really know what I'm supposed to be wearing on this flight, Hawkins. Uh, You're not like very you good. I want the rules of decorum okay. for an airplane, Chris, sir. Chris, I think you personally, khakis, white button down, uh, look like a missionary. <laughs> I, I've always considered <laughs> the airplane to be sort of a shrine to the sky. You know what I mean? Oh, so you're praying to your sky god on. on yeah, no, okay. yeah. I, I mean, who among us? Many, many of us have a sky god, you know, <laughs> or, or the sun, you know, if you're kind of like old school, old Pagan? school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, if you really think about it, it, what is an airplane but not some sort of shrine in the sky? All right, we've got way too silly. Uh, <laughs> Alan Five Angels has announced that his uh, contract has run out with AEW. Does not mean he can't be back on a per basis deal, but uh, looks to be hitting the indies again. A guy that outkicked his coverage, I think. Uh, it looked like they might have been doing something with him with that Adam Page slash lawnmower deal when they're really big into the dark order, but it looks like the dark order is getting a bit phased out here. Um, and hey, yeah, you got it seems like a bit of a dropped angle at this point, yeah. And he and look, he got two pretty good matches with Kenny Omega on national television that should help his asking price. I mean, what more can he? No, ask he's for? yeah, he's demonstrated that he, that he's a quality guy. You know, I, I think the dark order was sort of a blessing and a curse, right, for a lot of these guys. Where it was good because it did allow them to sort of outkick their coverage, but it was bad because there really has been nowhere to go with being in dark order once you join dark order you're just sort of in dark order leaving dark order doesn't lead to a bunch of hot feuds or anything um dark order's just kind of there it's it's not bad i mean i enjoy the skits or whatever it's just in terms of uh, a, a building faction or a place to build beyond no dark order seems to be your last stop in aew yeah i, I would agree 
Uh, numbers for the week. Forbidden Door looks to have gotten 127,000 buys on pay-per-view. AEW, 1,023,000 viewers for Blood and Guts, 18 to 49.36. Won the night in cable, six overall for the night. WWE NXT, 570,000 viewers, 0.11 in the demo. Raw, 1,951,000.54 in the demo. Ms. and Mrs., we put this out there for comparison to NXT and Rampage, 669,000 viewers, 0.21 in the demo. People love those types of shows. SmackDown, 2,231,000.53 in the demo. And Rampage, 422,000, 18 to 49.12. With that, we're going to open up the Lazy River here. A lot of Lazy River to talk about today. We have cold, ice cold thoughts from Forbidden Door. We have a preview of Money in the Bank, which happens on a Saturday in Lost Wages, and uh, and just anything else that uh, that crosses your mind. Uh, I will start with something uh, random, just to, just to be random, and then we'll go into the big news. I've been watching Barbarian matches, Chris, and that dude is fantastic, and I love him. I watched uh, today. I watched Haku and the Barbarian versus the Rockers from WrestleMania Seven. I just. Look, I hated yeah. the powers of pain. I, well, I, yeah, the face, but, the faces of fear. Uh, the faces of fear are fantastic. Faces of fear, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this well, is yeah. three faces of fear. This is when they're right, right, right. This family. is like sort of like a pilot run. Yeah, but I mean, like watching like even like squash matches from like 1985 when the Barbarian first got into the company, or maybe it was 86. That dude always solid, always doing things off the top rope. I I love me the Barbarian. I wish we had more wrestlers like the Barbarian at times, but we don't. Uh, so ice cold takes on forbidden door. Chris, did you get a chance to watch this? I did. Um, I, I did not get a chance to watch all of it, all of it, but, um, I did, I did watch a good deal of it. Um, look, uh, first, uh, I, we were wrong about in terms of level of interest for new yeah. Japan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I mean, so like, let's eat our hat here. I don't want to be, oh, yeah. I, am, I, am I don't want to be like uh, others and uh pretend or try to spin or rationalize it like no like we thought that this was going to underperform uh in terms of buys and it didn't uh it, it did it did pretty well um in in terms of the actual show um a lot of the like the mixed man matches are the type of new japan you know like multi-man matches that you just like kind of come to expect um Schmazes. yeah 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 exactly and, and like so like if you enjoy everyone who's in it it's it's a romp yeah it's schmaz a romp yeah like, like yeah it, it, it's it's okay um I liked. Uh, I, I, I we were wrong about uh, FTR. They they ended up pulling it out Dead here. Wrong. I, I, that was the most surprising thing of the night for me. Was that FTR yeah. got all the tag championships, including because they are the AAA champs and because of the politics of New Japan and whatnot. No, that that shocked the hell out of me. And that was that that match was uh, pretty damn good. I thought too. And and that to me was sort of like the point where the card sort of picked up steam too. Because yes. like Pack versus Miro versus Malachi Black versus Clark Connors, real good. Clark like, Connors getting a chant from the crowd. Yeah. I mean that that I mean, you can't do any better than than having to fill in for Ishii and then uh and then getting the crowd to start cheering for you after getting destroyed for half the match. Yeah. Um pretty good. Um Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm was a bit of a surprising outcome. Uh, I, I like, I, I, I guess I just, I would have had, I think I would have had Tony win here, but it, it was just, I mean, it's like, we're just going to stay in this holding pattern with Rosa, which, uh, interesting, it, 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 I, interesting, very I was, interesting. I was surprised at how clean she won. Um, I, I, of interest to me was the fact that, uh, this match started off dead and they eventually won the crowd over. Now they didn't win them over to a standing ovation level, but they did win them over eventually. And that was good because they were fighting an uphill battle after, I believe they were after my favorite match of the night, which was, or were they after? Okay. Where were they on the card? I need to think about it. I this. think they so, were after, uh, they're after, after bull club versus dudes with that. Okay. That was my favorite match of the night. Oh, okay. And that's, that's sting. Is, and by the way, if you want to hear my hot takes, I did a whole hour and a half over on Fightful after the show. These are, again, ice cold takes, and I'm trying to give uh, Chris his chance because I've had my chance to give my opinion. But uh, I love 
love, love, love Sting. And I never did before, really, in this thing. And this is hard to say for somebody of my generation. I find AEW Sting to be far more compelling than ECW Terry Funk. Although Terry Funk, far more important to the existence of ECW than Sting is to AEW. But AEW Sting is like a a man who's been trying to catch up for 20 years of lost time. And I love him for it. And I I, well, you know, like Terry Funk was middle-aged and crazy and like Sting is on Medicare and yes, crazy. Yes. It's great. That and I loved El Fantasmo in this match. I thought he was great. I think make him a buck, make him the third buck. <laughs> you know, why not? Because that dude working with and, and God bless Sting, he, he, he forgot about the nipple spot, but that's okay. He, just, he didn't panic. He just went back in there, did the spot. Killed El Fantasmo, got out of there. But El Fantasmo had me rolling. I've got to see some of him in uh, Defy when I watched uh, Tom Lawler and John Moxley. And uh, yeah, that dude's solid on comedy, solid on the uh, indie type of spot stuff. I think he's great. But that was my favorite match of the night. Uh, the one, see, it's weird because New Japan does these types of endings that drive me nuts sometimes. Like um, in the in this in the uh, six man with uh, with uh, Shota Umino and uh, and and Suzuki and Moxley and and Kingston, like they they made Umino in that match and it was fantastic to watch. And you're watching, it's like God, they're giving this kid such a great rub, such a great rub. And then he does the stupid baby face thing where he like he turns his back on a guy, fires up, and walks right into the Judas effect. I just like geek. I hate that ending, Chris. I hate that ending. And I also hate the, uh, in a way, the, um, which match? Oh, I think it was, uh, was it Cassidy and, and, um, Cassidy and Osprey? Yeah, I feel like you're going to say Cassidy and Osprey, which was the kick out at one. And then Orange Cassidy got nothing after that. <laughs> and eventually, like, got, got, uh, got tapped out or whatever. Was that was that him or was that another match that I'm thinking of? But that 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 one always gets me too. It's the I kick out at one, but it's not that I've fought and I've exhausted myself. It's just the guy just puts on another move and ends up choking you out or whatever. I hate those those two finishes in strong style wrestling drive me insane at times. I, I liked Orange Cassidy versus Osprey. Yeah, it was a very uh, good yeah, match. Yeah, it was it was a very good match. Um, I I just I I mean I. And also, I, I at a certain point, I get tired of wanting the Orange Cassidy character to be just something it isn't. Which I like. I would like him to be a little bit more intense. A little like like I I would like it that when you, eventually when you peel the orange, so to speak, uh, that that it, inside is um something much more intense. That it's all, um, all a feint to get you to yes yeah like that that especially when a title is on the line and he is getting desperate i I just think that for me the character the cool the the cool stuff you know the hands in the pants you know too cool for school stuff is really good for the early part of the match as a way of getting under the opponent's skin uh but like the sloth stuff later doesn't work though it doesn't work right i I, yeah i I know like it's the one thing that hurts the psychology here like because obviously the sloth stuff is even in a world of kayfabe it's like a form of psychology like even in the kayfabe world we know this man doesn't move this slowly like like, <laughs> like, like right so like it, it, it even in the world of kayfabe it's not necessarily consistent so i i would love to see him do something else but i don't i i only think that a criticism that he's not something that i'd like him to be can be so valid so you know it it it, it was good um and within the contours of the type of match that orange cassie likes to have it was good. I just, as we got to the close here, it didn't get to kind of like the emotional intensity that it could have had because we're not necessarily consistent in the characterization with the guy. I did love uh, the Shibata visual with him, though. That was great. <laughs> oh, right. I know. Like, like just the dichotomy of yes. Orange Cassidy versus Shibata as like a match. <laughs> but then that also sort of speaks to a problem with like, 
an actual Orange Cassidy versus Shibata match that's not supposed to be presented as like something other than like a comedy expo, right? Like right, right. if Shibata was actually doing the stiff, unrelenting baseball kicks in like the classic Shibata, let's say 2014 style on him, Orange Cassidy's character like doesn't really necessarily track super well with that. Like how does that character respond to getting the PKs and stuff like that? Put a his little, hands in his pockets after taking a PK. Yeah, I, no, no. A little shocking to me was that the mystery opponent beat Zack Sabre Jr. when they're still building the Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson match, but the mystery opponent, much to uh, nobody's surprise, really. Claudio Castagnoli, the former Cesaro, coming in now, a member of the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, they can always do the thing where it's like, hey, I prepared for you, I wasn't prepared for him cool it down for a year and then next year do Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, Brian Danielson. What did you think of a Claudio uh, born again here in AEW? I, I liked this debut match. I thought Zack Sabre Jr. ended up being a really great opponent for Claudio because the story of this match was super lucid. Zack Sabre Jr. was trying to do his standard work a limb sort of thing. And while it was bugs bunny offense. Yeah. Yeah. While it was <laughs> to a certain extent effective on Claudio, Claudio, it was just too much for this guy to ever really be able to get the arm work or the leg work or anything to really stick. Um, it was, a, it was a super clean story. I, I thought it just like, it, it, it was, it was a good way of uh, introducing Claudio and, you know, building him up. I, I, I liked this debut a lot. I thought this was a really cool match. Yeah, the IWGP four-way kind of uh, broke down a little bit, and I think that was a communication with Okada and also Okada never working really four-man type, uh, type of matches. And then in the uh, main event, your AEW champion, John Moxley over Tanahashi. And what was pretty damn good match, I thought. Um you know, there, there's a reason he's the ace and he brings it for the big time matches. And it's, it's, uh, <laughs> he, he still, he still does it like, like that. I, th there's vacation Tanahashi and then there's big match Tanahashi and big match Tanahashi's yeah, yeah. pretty good, man. Big match Tanahashi is, uh, there's a reason why he's just like this legendary wrestler. Uh, I'm not telling anyone in the audience stuff they don't know, but I, I mean, I thought that this was going to be a lot more of Moxley having to do a lot of the lift for Tanahashi here, and Tanahashi carried a lot more of the load. Uh, it, was, it was much closer to a 50-50 effort between the two, two guys to get to what was, in my opinion, a foregone conclusion this whole time. So the, the one thing that held this match back from being super interesting is that I just never really believed Tanahashi was going to win this match. Yeah, like, like, I, yeah, I yeah. So, like, like you know, it, it was a very nice exposition, but matches where the outcome is truly in doubt are always more enjoyable for the viewer. Let's stay in the AEW neighborhood and go over Dynamite because uh, this was a this was a show that happened on a t TV thing. Um, kind of a. Uh, Kind of an interesting mix of things. We had the Christian Cage promo. We had Dan Elson and FTR against Gun Club and Max Caster. And, and, and look, the Gun Club and Caster are always great foils. Dan Elson and FTR, interesting combination. Cargo and Layla Gray. Layla Gray has been being used by both companies very frequently. I won't be shocked if one finally signs her. Um, a little bit of a swerve with the... Uh, with the baddies, I think I don't think she's gonna. She's the end game here. I still think my original pick is what's gonna happen with that. The, we had this great match from Cassidy on 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 Forbidden Door, and then we had this match with Ethan Page, which was all about the body slam. And oh, by the way, Jane by Jefferson Starship has now uh, the the uh, rights have cleared, and he now has his old indie theme back. And we had the blood and guts match, Chris. Where would you like to start on this? Yeah, you are definitely right that this w was uh, a show that happened. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it felt like two different shows. The blood and guts show, I guess we'll save that for last. Um, let's talk uh, on balance. It's like the pre-blood and guts part of this show. What a mess. Like, like the orange cast. It was interesting. It, yeah, it was an interesting mess, though, I thought. 
I, 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 yeah, okay. Um, I mean, okay, please, yeah, feel free, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, like, an uh, interesting mess, sure. Like, it just, it, on the merits, like, yes, the body slam centered natural, like, I mean, I can believe it because that's what they do with Orange Cassidy, but it's like, <laughs> dude, this guy could just be so he could be so much more important for this company if you just so could event. ethan page that's so could ethan weird page thing. yes yes ethan no page I, is I agree their with Miz, that. and that's what's frightening me is he's so much better than the Miz. um i thought the luchasaurus rebrand as kane is <laughs> is fine it's 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 step in the right direction Christian's promos are just like they are the most you people sort of promos in the world right now. Now, uh, uh, yeah, I've I've heard something. Um in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous round bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, I'm setting these things off. It's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voice of wrestling podcast network what's going on guys this is rich from the flagship podcast here on the voice of wrestling podcast network if i could have a moment of your time i'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors eufy video lock eufy video lock is a smart lock a 2k camera and a doorbell all three in one offering you triple security so you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door but it's not just for security Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second, fingerprint 
recognition, and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints, and in one second, it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months, and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking, a remote control with a 2K clear sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They're on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or, wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door That they're supposed to kind of be shots at WWE's promo style. And I'm like, okay, that's a little too on the nose for me because it's coming off like he's doing a WWE promo. Thought there was a little mix of Gary Hart in there, just a tad. Yeah, and, and I I gotta I gotta tell you that that kind of argument sort of like rings as hollow. Yes, it brings hollow and like a, a way of rationalizing a bad thing because you mm-hmm. like, yes. like, like you're like this is on your team, so you're like watching it and you're like, oh, like a sports thing. We're like trying to rationalize why a coach is doing something that clearly like to anyone who's not a fan of that team looks as though they're cheating, you know, doing something illegal. Um, you're like, oh well, it could be something else. We don't really know. We, you know, uh, who's to say? It could be that. It, it could be this. It could be very innocuous. You could be telling him his mother is sick. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, and I just not like. Uh, yes, I'm not that's, really call me because you're sick. <laughs> Your mother called. She's not doing well. My thoughts are with you. Wait, that's why Christian. Oh, jeez, really? Uh, plug us Patreon. Uh <laughs> Patreon.com slash DWHG. That's a blood and guts match. Look, I, uh, the War Games match, which is what this is, is one of my favorite things on earth. That said, I'm not sure it belongs in the 21st century anymore. I'm worried about it, Chris. I was bored by this match at times. Okay, I feel, I feel better now. I It, it really does feel like the build the part of the match before the match officially begins just plods like it it, it's not yeah for the first like after the first six minutes it just loses steam i'd rather have everyone coming in in one minute intervals and then we start the match oh go ahead sorry there's just no reason to be doing three minute or four minute intervals it's too long it's supposed to be two, but they, of course, they fixed the problem they had with the first Blonde Guts match in that if they did it on pure time in two-minute intervals, people would be coming in during the commercial breaks, which is what they just did, um, which is what they just did for uh, uh, Wardlow and stuff like that. I mean, it, it, the, the big, the big when, remember when Wardlow came in last year? and just killed everybody and was such a huge type of thing It happened during the commercial break. So they avoided that by having people come in after the commercial. So it wasn't exactly two minutes at times. Sometimes it was three, sometimes it was three and a half uh, or uh, might've been two and a half at most. I might be wrong on my time there, but yeah, 
You had six on I, six. I think it's got to be like one-minute intervals if you want to have a commercial break. I, I Actually, if you're doing it in one-minute intervals, you can basically do it in one-minute intervals, go to a commercial break, and then the match officially begins on the other side of the commercial. Yeah, Here, here's the other things that, that, that are, are lacking in this, in, in, in this modern day. The heat wasn't there for this kind of match. This was not a blow-off match of any kind. If 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 the Jericho Appreciation Society was going to lose this match, the, I, the actual heat was internal, right? And like yes. that, that was a big problem with the story of this match. Is what is commentary talking about throughout? Who has the conflict here? Uh, yeah, okay. Eddie Kingston does want to light Jericho on fire. Eddie kind of crazy like that. Um, but like the real conflict here seems to be between. Claudio and Kingston and that was the thing that we were spotlighting and even at the end of the match it's like Claudio and Kingston get this victory over Jericho Kingston's not satisfied with his victory over Jericho even the you know tapping him out on the the top of the steel cage because the officially scored tap out is Matt Martell um but the whole time what they've really were like you know sort of angling you towards is uh claudio and kingston they got beef claudio and kingston they got beef so it it just it took away the match is about claudio and kingston two guys on the same team rather than a year-long feud with heat with stakes that is getting decided and settled right now this is although the jericho appreciation society lost here it absolutely is not the end of the Jericho Appreciation Society. They lost nothing by losing. And I think that that sort of takes away from the stakes of something that you're going to call blood and guts. Yeah, the uh, a few other things. I mean, look, it was 2.0 were great in this match. I thought Daniel Garcia worked his ass off. Santana, unfortunately, looks like I think he tore his ACL on that first uh uh, first movie was trying to do there and just and I believe that Kingston else. hurt his back is what I was reading yeah well, I think that might have been selling but God, God bless Kingston Chris are we on break <laughs> you can hear it audibly during the match when they're on top of the cage um I think I don't know it, the war game and see this is where old man Hawkins comes in. People are going to start yelling at me on, on Twitter and in, in the, in the discord. And that's fine. I'll take, I'll take the heat for this. But one of the things about, about the war games originally, and when it was NWA WCW was the claustrophobia of, of war games. It was, it had a ceiling on it. So you couldn't do too much, even though they were, they were trying to do, you know, uh, doomsday devices to, <laughs> to to jj dylan and stuff like that but you also couldn't do a lot of flippy do stuff necessarily it was hard to do it and so it was nothing but punching kicking trying to beat a guy up this felt like a very indie riffic match with a lot of the indie hardcore type of stuff you do tables chairs bringing in the thumbtacks and stuff like that so it becomes basically a lethal lockdown type of match but but worst a- of all did they leave the cage then they leave the cage, which has become a standard now for every Hell in a Cell war games type of thing. It's no longer special. You're expecting them to do that. Well, and the cage no-, no longer has the ability to contain them, which the I, I, I just yeah. it it is an obstacle rather than a jail cell that they have to f- settle it out. Like what two men enter the cage, one man leaves like yes. when both men can leave and then electively choose to scale to the top of the cage. Yes, we've all been trained that this is a part of a cage match because of the Undertaker Mick Foley match in 1997. Um, I'd actually argue like like oh you know everyone looked at that at the time. The problem was the violence in that. I think the problem is the trope of leaving the damn cage. Yes, because it's supposed to be this is going to be settled in this cage and you cannot get out of this cage. But it's like, oh, I love well, that match, by the way. Great, 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 yeah, great. You know, gr- sore than you remember it, but like, like a great, intense, really visceral moment when Funk comes out and everything. Really yes, awesome yes. match. Um, but like, it very much felt like that. That's kind of what we were building off of. You had uh, uh, Sammy Guevara wanting to essentially do the tribute spot to that, uh, going through the table, um, mm-hmm. and then the double tap out in the top of the cage again, sort of. This was not a cage match. This was a platform match that was disguised as a cage match that we needed to get to the platform part of it. 
It was yeah. a scaffold match. That's yeah, what it, was, it was. It was a Skywalker's match. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's weird because here, here's a note I had watching the first five minutes of this. I know Claudio Castagnoli is a big, big dude. Like he's a power dude. He's a dude who, you know, Vader Sid type to me in, in some ways. And he has the softest offense in terms of, in terms of damage done that I've ever seen in a war games. Cause he's given the guys, the uppercuts, and just Sammy's getting up and then just doing flips after that. It's like, no, dude, you're getting, it goes to indie selling a lot of times where it's just like you are taking and strong style selling where you're just taking the most vicious, vicious uppercuts. And then you get up to do your flippy stuff and you're just like, okay, fine. But I want to get to a point that you kind of, uh, kind of alluded to. I thought you're going to steal my thunder and you didn't. And I was happy about that. But Chris, the entire psychological build to this blood and guts match revolved around fireballs. We didn't get a single fireball in this match. And I thought for certain check Chekhov's gun says, if it appears in the first beat, it's going to fire off in the third. I thought we were going to get a fireball at some point in here to help with the end of the match, but we didn't. And I was kind of disappointed in the storytelling on that, on that uh, end. The, the rubbing alcohol was I like thought that was going to get an fired. AEW dropped storyline <laughs> in, in, in a match. Uh, but yes, I'm with you. You, in, you built it around a fireball. Jericho has been calling himself the wizard, the wizard because he does fireballs. Yes. Neither, they're all wearing red. The color of fire, which I guess also tracks with blood and guts, but like the red wizard should do a fireball at some point during the match. He can miss. He doesn't actually have to connect with the fireball. No, I thought he'd get. I thought he'd get a fireball in his own face. Right. Yes. Or point. he could get the fireball. I. I either one. But like, uh, it, you're you're right. Narratively, it wasn't like at any point like Kingston was like, I need to throw you off the top of something or whatever. It was, I'm going to light you on fire. The the great image at the end of that last match was him walking down to the ring with the gas can. Yeah. Um. The whole, like, yes, the whole point of conflict in this match has been centered around fire. And although we got, um, what did we get? Kendo sticks. Um, and we got tables. That said, got- let me hold, let me hold you right the, the visual of Eddie kicks and just walking through the entire field. He just whacking guy with the, with the Singapore cane was fantastic. I thought, no, that was very funny. Like, like the, the casual, the casual, just like whacking yeah. him like he's yeah. playing streets of rage four or something. <laughs> uh, no, I, I enjoyed that a lot, but, uh, I, I just, I think there were problems with the narrative structure yeah. of this match that kept the match from achieving more. I'm, I'm also with you on the selling thing. But like, you know, on the positive notes, it's like 2.0, Claudio. Led um, like stuck pigs. That that yeah. visual, that visual of Angelo Parker hanging from the cage. I, I was like, how did he get out of there? I, I forgot how he slipped out of there to ha- hang over the edge like that. But yeah, both both of those dudes were just taking beatings all night with, with like the fork and stuff and 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 uh, and also uh, uh, Daniel Garcia as well with the spikes in the. <laughs> I did love the homage to to uh, to uh, Abdul the Butcher by by the commentary team when he started sticking the fork in his head. Yeah, uh, continue. Sorry. Yeah, um, I, I mean that that I don't know. That I have a whole lot more to say about it. I, I like Claudio as a new member of the Blackpool Combat Club. I mean, I think he works as good if not better than toothless timmy um like i i mean the blackpool combat club is a really stacked in terms of talent faction now um like sneakily one of the most talented factions that's been put together in a very very long time um so it's good that they went over here but i i just thought that uh the match didn't even with them going over, having all the infighting at the end of the match made the victory feel hollow. Yeah, and I think I think also part of I mean that's the danger of porting over this Daniel Bryan or the the Brian Danielson story to to Claudio with three days build off of a pay per view that a tenth of your audience watched is part of the problem. I mean they they put it over on commentary pretty well, and I think that was great. I also think a slight missed opportunity and you may disagree with me heavily here and that's fine. I want to hear a contrarian view. If you disagree with me, it's that this was a chance to kind of rebrand Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta 
to being a little bit more uh, on the vicious side versus what their current things are. Daniel Garcia being, you know, a very technical wrestler, get you into holds and things like that. And Wheeler Yuta being more aerial, like he got the one elbow spot that was planned with all three of them doing the elbows type of thing. But Wheeler Yuta. No, no, I'm with you. Like both, both those guys need, they need a hard nose layer to let you, they both would benefit because like right now, to me, Wheeler Yuta almost feels like the sting of the Blackpool Combat Club rather than the young project. Like this is a guy who eventually all these uh, all these men are gonna look at and go like, he's not strong enough to be one of us. Yeah, he feel he feels soft. He feels like he's still doing his aerial stuff to get him through, as opposed to being a badass to get him through. And Daniel Garcia needs a little bit more sadism in his offense in terms of being a guy who look he can work he can work a limb but he's trying to break your arm as opposed to get the win, those types of things. I I wanted both of them to come out feeling tougher than they were versus feeling like, (laughs) and pun almost intended red shirts for, (laughs) for star Trek in some way. Um, Yeah. I I thought there could have been a little bit more character development with those two within the confines of this being the most gruesome match you'll ever find. And especially with Wheeler, was Wheeler Yuta in, Anarchy in the arena. I don't think he was. I think it was, you I, know, he was not. He was, it was, no. it was Moxley yeah. and Dan. So this would have been a nice time to have built something with him a little bit more here, in my opinion. But still, and then I know, think there's one other mistake that was made here on uh, this show. Okay. Which is that John Moxley, if he is going to be the interim champion, and if the interim champion is going to have any sort of like heft or interest at all, that or you want to make the unification match have any heft or interest at all, Moxley needs to come out on the top of the show and address the AEW audience. Like he actually needs to feel like a champion yeah, rather than to, like a dude in a faction. I I just thought coordinate. Yeah, coordinate him. No, right. He he addresses the crowd. The first, um, rather than having these like random matches, like Orange Cassidy body slamming Ethan Page. I'm gonna just throw this out there. That could wait until dark. Uh, yeah, you, you throw that on Rampage. Have Moxley come out during that same time and give a 10 minute address. Set up a little bit of intrigue between him and Punk. A little bit of like tension between him and Punk. Um, that he wants to stay champion. That he loves being champion for the Blackpool Combat Club. And tonight we're gonna come out we're gonna win this match because i'm champion blackpool combat clubs on top and that's how it's gonna be now or something like like, you just make this guy feel big yeah i agree uh i think we move over to our money in the bank preview you done are we done with aew you think i think we're done with aew i think (laughs) and i don't mean i mean look it's still a fun match to watch i still like the blood there was actually i mean it was not no it was a totally it was an enjoyable match. It was a mess. Absent though. context. Yes. Uh, right, basically, until they got to the top of the cage, I was enjoying the match just fine. It wasn't like I hated life once they got on top of the cage. <laughs> Claudio being able to swing Jericho from the top of the cage, very impressive. Well, yeah, again, it wasn't like I was in abject misery or whatever. But for me, it became sort of WWE and lost in the sauce, uh, trying to do too much um, in the t- top of the cage phase of the match right now six matches announced for money in the bank we are recording before smackdown occurs smackdown been a pretty solid show past couple weeks i hate to give it short shrift given uh uh, you know given that that you know it it has had its its high points at times especially (laughs) gunter who is just fantastic in everything he does and and you know some of the women on that show have been really really good as well but there's no Roman Reigns on this show to defend the unified championship. So that means there's only the chance because they love to do this at Money in the Bank. Looks like the women's winner is going to cash in on that night because they love to do at least one cash in on the night of. So if you're placing bets that either Bianca or uh, Ronda Rousey is champions at the end of the night, might want to uh, might want to put some money on. They might lose it in some way. Um, but we will begin with Theory, your United States champion, taking on Bob Lashley. <laughs> and how is this not murder death in some way, Chris? Uh, I mean, Bob Lashley, I think, needs to win the title here. The people like Bob Lashley. Bob Lashley likes the people. 
And Bob Lashley should be the champion at the end of this match. Bob Lashley. Do we possibly get Vince McMahon shenanigans? Because Vince has been a part of this show. No, 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 no. Because that would be Vince McMahon heel. And as we all know, Vince McMahon in his character and his actions is beloved by the fans and the people and the American public writ large. Thank you, Vince. And we are all with him every step of this journey. The chances he was on that uh, Jeffrey Epstein plane at one point. Yeah, no, there's ever, <laughs> there's ever a guy, I don't know, but I know, I feel like Vince has been to Epstein Island. I think he was possibly in that ledger, which nobody from that ledger will ever be put on trial, which is a shame. Uh, okay, anyways, moving on. <laughs> for, the, for the undisputed tag team titles, the Usos, Jay and Jimmy, taking on the street profits of Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. We've been going back and forth in one-on-one matches for the past four weeks, can the Street Profits beat the Usos in a tag team match? Because the story is that they can't. I think the story is going to be that they can't. I think the story is going to be they can't do. I am so frustrated by that at times. I'm just like, what are we doing? And is it possible that the Street Profits break up here? That would be interesting. That like they can't and that this is the end of the Profits in like Dawkins... I'm sorry, uh, Montez turns on Dawkins. So I feel like oh, the move okay. here. To, no, I feel like, like look, if you're going to, the typical move here is you make the guy you want to build heal. Yeah. Um, and even though Tez feels like a natural baby face and everything like that, like that would then mean you're making Dawkins the heel to build Dawkins. Uh, also in this company, um, baby faces don't tend to fare super well out of tag team. So I'd almost be rooting for Tez to be booked as a, as a heel coming out of the Street Profits. Both women's titles are on the line tomorrow. Ronda Rousey, your champion of SmackDown, taking on Natalia in what has been what has been just a dreadful, dreadful feud at times. Uh, <laughs> but with, with so much potential to really cross lines and get really real, and, and it's disappointing that we just stopped at the water's edge of being interesting. Oh, really? Because it felt like they crossed the lines, even though they yeah, okay, okay, then they did no. Then they pulled back. That's what I'm saying. Like, like you're right. No, we 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 got into the water, Jeff, and then we went back out onto the beach, and I just don't understand why. Ronda Rousey has opinions, and Natty and her sister like to show their boobs. That's you know, that's that's pretty much what this feud is. Uh, <laughs> is there any chance that the that the boat beats Ronda Rousey here? I feel like Rhonda's gonna win this one. I, I just I, I she Rhonda to me seems like yeah, kinda like basically keep her emotionally fine with life and everything. And uh I, yeah. I think she yeah, I think she needs a title retention here right now. Just emotionally. Dread, just a dreadful set of promos. I mean, especially the one on on Friday with Natty dressed up as Ronda Rousey in a baby carriage. I just I couldn't believe that. Uh, over on the raw side, Bianca Belair, your champion, taking on Carmella. And what a lot of people are dismissing, but again, Jeff Hawkins, oddly enough, Carmella defender. Carmella's going to be game. She's going to do what she does. It's not going to be a four, five-star match by any means. Probably won't even be a four-star. Might not even be a three-star. But Carmella comes to do what she does. And she's she's probably gonna get a few moves here. They're gonna look impressive. I think she's gonna over deliver here. No way in hell she wins this match. But uh, you know, I think this will be. I, I posited last week whether or not Carmella and Bianca lead to somebody else in this in this match. I don't think that happens, but I think there might be an allusion to it at some point. We'll get to that later. But Bianca Carmella, do you see it any different other than Bianca who? <laughs> Yes, she's the champ, and she's been stuck in this Asuka-Becky Lynch feud. Are, are we going to build her after this, Chris? I think Carmella beats her in about six minutes. <laughs> really? No, no, of course not, Jeff. I know, I just uh, I, yeah, I had yeah, to no. ask the question just to buy No, I, I just, I wanted to see, I wanted to go for the, I wanted to see how straight I could get that answer. I couldn't Oh, get no, it. you couldn't. You couldn't it, get that one past No, me, I couldn't. I no, it was, it. it was, too, it was too hard. It was too hard to actually commit to that one. I tried. 
Uh, and I should be applauded for that. But yeah, no, no I, I think that Bianca and Carmella will have exactly the match you just described. You're asking it, for applause after. F- okay. <laughs> you're, just Hawkins, self, you're just self-promotional all today. Patreon.com slash DWATG. And then the two things that were supposed to sell out a stadium, but ends up back in a casino. Your money in the bank ladder matches on the women's side. Lacey Evans, welcome back from maternity leave slash injury versus Alexa Bliss versus Liv Morgan versus Raquel Rodriguez. The ever smiling Raquel Rodriguez, Chris. Chris, this is creepy. The amount that they have her smile. She is just smile, 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 smile. Versus Asuka versus Shotzi versus Becky Lynch. The Raquel smiling thing, it's not going well. It would be oh, very, it no, it's, it's it's really, really bad. But like, it'd be really good if if the smiling was just a veneer for her to be like a complete rageaholic. And whenever she was, <laughs> it, like, like she like snaps and then goes back to smiling. And it's like this like creepy unsettling no, smile. No, what I want, I want, I want Raquel to take a bump on a ladder and be required to keep the smile on her face. And just, and I want to hear the production truck where, where Vince is screaming into the mic. Damn it, you smile, girl. I want you to so. sell, but with a smile. With a damn smile, it. Smile, you're a happy baby face. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> big teeth. I want big That's teeth. What, big white teeth. Now, uh, who do you have winning the briefcase? And do they cash in? I, I guess the only way they cash in, if if the women's money in the bank ladder match is first. Somebody's cashing in, I think. But uh, let's see uh, if you can guess which title they cash in on and who wins this uh, match, Chris. I'm going to say it's either Alexa or Liv, uh, and the cash-in is maybe on... uh, Cash-in, I guess, maybe on Bianca. I feel like they they wouldn't have whoever wins the Money in the Bank cash-in on Ronda, so it would have to be on Bianca if they were going to cash-in. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go with way- Alexa. I'll go with Alexa. Okay. The only way I could see them cashing in on Rhonda is if, say, like, uh, uh, Shayna Baszler comes in and turns on Rhonda for any reason and beats her down, and then somebody comes in and cashes in. You know, that cheap win that really doesn't get you over as much. I could see that happening. I am going chalk here because I think. Oddly enough, I think the posters are a, the poster this time is a spoiler. I think we've done this entire convoluted, stupid, can Becky get into the money in the bank ladder match story for a heel just to have her come in and beat Bianca again for the women's raw championship to go back to that story for SummerSlam. Oh, and that would have to be another short like or or at least it would tease that it was gonna be another like twelve second finish, but like yes, Becky would then have to win that match. Yes. On the cash in on Bianca. Yeah, I could see that. I could see I think that. We're replaying the hits here. I think I think Becky Lynch wins this wins this money in the bank and cashes in on Bianca after the match, gets the title, and then it becomes Bianca chasing for SummerSlam. Let's call that shot there. On the men's side, Seth freaking Rollins versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus versus Omos versus Sami Zayn versus Riddle versus a player to be determined because the scheduled Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel Elias, Elrod, whoever match was supposed to be for the last slot here. I believe that will be rectified on SmackDown tonight in some way. Don't know if it's going to be Kevin Owens or not. Might be a guy like, well, a guy like Ricochet. But uh, who do you have winning the men's Money in the Bank contract? So Elrod is not in this match, is what you're saying? Not yet. I mean, if Elrod was in the match, <laughs> you know, a little bit different. But <laughs> absent that, I'm going now, now with... See, hold on, let me pause you. You being straight on that one was great. That was fantastic. You know, if Elrod's in this match... The whole thing changes. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a different factor, but I'm going with Seth Rollins. I agree. I think this is Seth Rollins, and I think he, I think he fails in his cash-in. I think they, they, they try and do the rerun of, of, oh, my God, they're going to do that, aren't they? SummerSlam. Brock and Roman are at SummerSlam. Seth is going to cash in again during the match, and this time he's going to fail instead of being successful. 
Seth having the briefcase also gives them the ability to continue this strange bloodline, st- strange bloodline storyline absent Roman Reigns because you can have tension between the Usos and Seth. Um, and they'll all pretend that they're on the same page and they're not on the same page. You don't necessarily have to have Roman on every week to have it still move along with some degree of intrigue. Does almost take a bump, flat back bump onto a ladder. Yeah, but he has to sell it while smiling. <laughs> uh, you know, I think McIntyre and Sheamus are going to be game. My God, Sheamus has been doing this forever, and it's somehow he's still walking, which is amazing. Riddle's going to be interesting in this match, I think. Why would you ever do bare feet in ladder matches? I don't know, uh, with all that jagged metal around. And if KO's the guy here, you know, he's a pro at He and Sami Zayn been doing this forever and i think it becomes a little bit of a ko sammy zane ladder match at times to distract from the fact that seth rollins is getting this briefcase and we are going all the way back to wrestlemania and santa clara for SummerSlam. yeah that's that's uh that's our preview of money in the bank chris you've already plugged it 400 times on the show already tell them about don't worry about the government yeah, don't worry about the government dropped two new episodes here in the last week. Uh, we're like back in the swing of things. So if you want to go, you can also participate. Uh, we've got polls and stuff on the Patreon. Like people are discussing, you know, news and that sort of thing over at patreon.com slash DWATG. Been hearing good things about that all through this program. Patreon.com slash DWATG. Uh, you can find uh, the show on Twitter, at least for the time being, at DWATG. Uh, and then I'm on Discord as well. Uh, no, uh, something or other is the numbers. You can, you, you'll find it. Like, there's not. Like, DM him. Like, he'll, he'll give you. He'll give yeah. you the Discord link. Yeah, you just DM me. That's you can, fine. You can follow me at Crap Game Thirteen. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Shows including the flagship with Rich and Joe. Music on the mat with our friend Andrew Rich, who just dropped a new episode. He was at Forbidden Door Live. Five star match game with Joe Gagney. Etc. Etc. Anything you want in wrestling, Voice of Wrestling probably has you covered. I am also on another show during the week. I'm over. Well, on- all, 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 almost anything, right? Like they've been stifling a certain show focused on one of the great wrestlers <laughs> of the 1990s for the better part of eight years now. Um, but maybe that'll change. I do hot takes on Dy- on the Dynamite show over on Fight Game Media on Wednesday nights. Usually drops by about 10 p.m. Pacific. On your all your pod catching devices, that's at uh, patreon.com slash fight game media, all one word. Again, for those of you who have already reached out, I appreciate it. For those who haven't, don't worry about it. Just a nice, just nice happy thoughts for me on Thursday, and I hope to see you next week. <laughs>